0: Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. Welcome to this very special episode of Teach Me Something New. With Thanksgiving just around the corner, this time of year invites us to pay attention to what we're most grateful for. What I've learned in my own life, and especially through the interviews with countless experts on this podcast, is that gratitude is not just a touchy-feely thing, it's literally part of our health and well-being, and changes the shape of our brain if we do it right. So even in the chaos of everyday life, these moments of gratitude remind us to hold on to the good things. Looking back on this year, there's so much that I'm grateful for. Many listeners might be surprised to hear that I had to navigate my hardest parenting moment yet when my young son Ansel survived a near-death accident earlier this year. We were in ambulances and hospitals for five days. I'm so grateful to say that he walked away without any long-term damage other than a few cosmetic issues. In contrast, I was eternally grateful to celebrate 10 years of marriage while renewing my vows with my husband, Dave, this summer. And on the business front, I'm grateful for the opportunity to continue to challenge myself with new things like Britain Co's female entrepreneurship course, Self Made, and my new venture fund, Offline Ventures. It's so exciting to be able to help shape the next wave of the internet and our digital world as we know it, all while thinking about how to bring more women into the forefront of this shift. And it goes without saying that I am so grateful for you, my dear listeners, who come back week after week to learn something new with me. To achieve that attitude of gratitude this season, today we are going to look back at some of my very favorite advice from guests who came on to share their expertise on the topic as well as how to use it to build a happier, healthier life. We're all here to learn something new. So without further ado, let's dive in. I think it's a no-brainer to start this episode with a clip from world-renowned happiness expert and the mind behind the Happiness Lab, Dr. Lori Santos. She has so much knowledge to share about the science behind happiness and tips for us to live a happier life. She also has a lot to say about gratitude practices and how they can help us on our own paths to happiness. For Lori, happiness and gratitude tend to go hand in hand. Listen in to hear some of our conversation.
1: One of my favorite mantras is this idea that you should react to all that comes to you with gratitude, because that is the path to happiness. You know, we get kind of this wonderful, joyful hit from things we're grateful for, not just when we experience them, but when we re-experience them. And I think one of the best things about having a gratitude journal is you can go back, right? You know, you flip through a month ago, you're like, oh, I remember when that happened. That was awesome. Or, yeah, that bird I saw, it was so pretty or whatever. Right. So when you write them down, you can kind of re-experience them anew. And we experience those things as just as joyful. And actual
0: writing, not like text on your phone.
1: Well, the good thing is that, you know, it's really just about helping your memory along. And so I know people who like literally scribble in a physical gratitude journal. There's lots of gratitude apps you can use. I have friends who just take pictures of the things they're grateful for and store those in a special folder on their phone. You know, so they're like visual things that remind them of things they're grateful for. Mostly you're just trying to help your memory out so that your brain, which is normally just going to go to all these negative things over and over again, that's our natural tendency. You know, you're kind of training your brain to find the good stuff, too.
0: The first thing we need to do if we want to start a gratitude practice is to make a plan. So for this next tip, we're hearing from the habit expert himself, Charles Duhigg. He wrote the book on making and breaking habits, literally, go check it out. It's called The Power of Habit. And Charles says that in order to achieve our goals, we must first break them down into actionable plans. I'm admittedly still not great at breaking my goals into these microscopes, but I'm definitely much better at it since this episode. <laughs> so hear what Charles has to say about how to make your plan and stick to it.
2: Well, I think the number one thing to do is to try and, and take a goal that you have and just break it into a plan. And a one-week plan is a great plan, right? Like the nice thing about like a, a one-week plan is it can't be that intimidating because you got to do it in the next week. What's the one thing you can do this week that's going to get you closer to that? Mm-hmm. And make it small and make it, make it modest. If, if you want to become a singer, what's the one thing you can do this week that gets you closer to that? And then when you do that one thing, when you book your first lesson with a singing coach, Let yourself enjoy it, reward yourself, pat yourself on the back, write down on a, in in your diary or on your calendar. Like, you know what? Today I killed it. Like I am awesome because I did this one small thing because the truth of the matter is that like every single big change in life. It starts with one small thing and we tend to beat up on ourselves because we're not doing the the big change overnight, but nothing ever changes overnight. It all changes because one person decided I'm going to do one small thing tomorrow morning or tomorrow night and then they rewarded themselves for that and it became easier and easier and easier until it became part of their life.
0: It's true, every small win adds up. And when we look back at all of our wins this year, we can't help but smile and be proud of ourselves, right? But where do we record all of our little wins? Well, you can start with a gratitude list. This is where you list three things you're grateful for each day. They could be people, experiences, or anything you want it to be. If you feel grateful to have it in your life, then write it down. But what's the science behind this little activity? Well, not too long ago, I had Mayim Bialik on the show. Mayam is a neuroscientist and an Emmy-nominated actress who has had a lot of experience studying the brain. In this episode, she tells us why each of us need a gratitude list to help shift our day-to-day perspective and literally shape our brain. What one assignment would you recommend to our lovely listeners as it relates to mental health or the brain and navigating this new world we're living in? Uh
3: gratitude list. Do it in the morning, do it before bed. Why? Do it in bed. Um, you know, this is one of those kind of you know things again that's often dismissed as like, you know, pop psychology or positive psychology, and a lot of people, you know, feel ick about that. Um having an awareness of any even small abundance in your life can really shift. Um, it can shift your perspective, and in science terms, it does shift the way your brain starts to organize your day and the way your brain organizes how your day went as you go into the evening. So that's real science and that's a great example of kind of that mind-body connection.
0: I started my own gratitude journaling recently, and I swear to you, I think it's made me 10 times less stressed out. I'm not as constant as I'd like to be, but I'm totally working on it. So give me that. (laughs) And as you may be able to tell, I am a person that loves organization and I love lists. And I often put together multiple to-do lists per week. So you can imagine why I was so excited to have a guest on with a very specific type of list that she makes every day. Lauren Everett's Bostick is the founder of the popular online blog, The Skinny Confidential. She shared how she's a super busy balancing mom. She's got her product launches, her podcast, and so much more, but she's always finding time to start her day writing in a journal. In our conversation, Lauren showed us how she integrates her gratefulness practice into her to-do list with a specialized journal entry she started doing during the pandemic.
5: Listen and hear how to do the same. I do a super simple exercise every morning that really helps me be productive. It's so easy. You just need a piece of notebook, paper, and a pen. It takes 5 minutes. I get it. We're all busy. The kids are screaming. We're ice rolling. We got to go. And what I do is I write the date at the top. And then I write the podcast, the book, the music, and the workout that I'm doing. So... The book is like what I'm reading for that day. The workout is the workout I'm doing. The podcast is what I'm listening to. And the music is like whatever music I want in the background. Usually it's bossa nova. And then under that, I write down my three must-dos. I write down three gratefuls. And then I write down three people I'm sending love to. Just like taking a minute to be like, You know, My sister's in San Diego, my dad's in San Diego, just sending love to those three people. And then I do the Ivy Lee method, which is so easy. You just write down six things that you want to do and you write them in order of importance. And that list gives me so much clarity.
0: Mm. There are six things to do for the day in order of importance.
5: Yes. So your must-dos are different than your six. So your must-dos are like non-negotiables, things you have to do. And then your six things are six extra things in order of importance and you don't move on until you finished the first. So you can't move to the second until you finish the first. And if people are confused by what I just said, because it is very visual, I have this up on the Skinny Confidential. You can just Google the Skinny Confidential how I plan my day in quarantine.
0: So while I love writing in a journal as much as the next person, uh, most often I am at my desk and I'm having a hard time sitting still and figuring out what exactly I'm grateful for. That's why my next guest tip to help you practice gratitude involves closing your computer, putting down your pen and getting outside. That's right. I'm talking about creativity expert Austin Kleon. In our interview, he gave me his number one tip that helps him set a
6: positive outlook for the entire day.
0: Here's what he has to say
6: If you don't take a walk every day, take a 15 minute walk every morning. Why? See how you feel afterwards.
0: Okay. Oh, I like that.
6: I think that when you walk in the morning, you've always had an adventure. And so the day never feels like a waste to me. And I usually come up with something worth doing later in the day when I'm on my walk in the morning. I would encourage everyone to take a walk in their neighborhood and see what you see before you look at your phone Mm. for the day. Okay, so I'm going to complicate the exercise.
0: You're adding on, okay.
6: Before (laughs) you look at your phone in the morning, take a walk and see how you feel.
0: What I've learned from a lot of these guests is that gratitude isn't just about writing lists and taking pictures. It's also about reflecting on what we have and where we've come from. Elaine Welteroth is an award-winning journalist and the former editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. You've probably also seen her on Project Runway. Her story is incredible. We talked about her struggles with always trying to get to the next step, which often left her with no time to reflect on her path she had taken to get there. It wasn't until she wrote her first book that she finally got time to reflect on her journey. During my 20s, I think I was in such forward
4: motion and so relentlessly in pursuit of my dreams, you know, my singular, my dreams that I didn't have the time or didn't feel it necessary to really look up, look back, contextualize my climb. And put it in this larger context of like what it means for my family and my people. And, but then I think there was a turning point and it came, you know, around the time I was writing my book, it made me more reflective about who I've come from and how that informs my walk in this world and what I owe them and how they continue to serve me. And it's almost like a relationship has been building and being able to have the opportunity to write a book that put me in conversation with my elders, asking them questions about their lives to collect stories that I hadn't really heard before gave me a sense of pride
0: in where I come from and who I come from. Stories themselves can be such a great source of gratitude, especially when we look back to see all the hard work it took for us to get to where we are today. As I got to talking with Jenny Britton Bauer, founder of the infamous Jenny's ice cream brand, I realized that gratitude comes in a lot of different flavors. <laughs> it's not just about writing three things down every day or going for a walk. Taking yourself out of the present for a little while and looking at all you have accomplished can be really enlightening. I know anytime I look back at where Britain Co started, I am so proud to see how much both the company and myself have grown over the years. Let's hear more about Jenny's journey now.
3: So my first business was called Scream and it was just me. I mean, I had a friend whose parents donated, well, sort of, but like loaned us money for the business, but she otherwise had another business and she wasn't interested in doing much with it. So I was there every day and I really actually loved it. And then I also burned out because it was the only days we were closed were Mondays and I was there from morning to night. And I made $638 a month for all of those years to live off of. So wow. I didn't have a car. I walked to work. I rode my bike or I took a bus and had to rely on a lot of friends to help me in many ways. I literally traded ice cream for food, <laughs> but Sorry. to me, it was like the greatest adventure ever. I would have way rather been there than in school. So I lived in a room for $238 a month in this like old apartment building. It was actually kind of sketchy. <laughs>
0: I love it. Very resourceful of you. $638 a month. And were you making any profit on the ice cream at that point? Not really, but we weren't losing money,
3: but was just like barely getting by. Yeah. But I do think one of the reasons that I try to reach people who maybe have been in the struggle and like so many of us have in America is because you are more resilient to these early days of business and maybe even like just so grateful that it's this life that has potential freedom attached to it. And you can live on a shoestring and find your passion and gratitude comes from that versus the expectations. I think that you get, I mean, I probably couldn't go back to doing that now, even though I spent so many years of my life, actually still, I can say most of my life, I lived off of minimum wage and worked way longer hours that I didn't get paid for. It was just such a great adventure that I was grateful for it the whole time. It never bothered me. I never thought of entrepreneurship as gold toilets and Ferraris. But I do think that some people are taught that now. It's like, and I'm not trying to glorify like hustle. It's not that. It's not hustle and growth. It's hustle toward your idea. And it feels different, I think than when you're just trying to make money, 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 get attention, get attention, versus like creating something, creating a community with people who care about you and what you're making.
0: Elaine found her time to reflect while writing in her book. For Jenny, reflection meant looking at her journey and being proud of where she landed. And for our most recent guest, he was able to find his moment of pause and reflection while watering his plants. (laughs) Hilton Carter is a notable plant and interior stylist who takes care of over 250 plants that live inside his home. He talks about how when he tends to his plants, he also reflects on other things that need extra attention. Listen to this bit to hear how Hilton has turned his plant care into his own self-care.
6: For me, plants allowed me to become a bit more aware of the things that are in my life that needed a bit more care. It allowed me to slow down through the process of tending to other things in my life. When I take those moments throughout the week to care for my plants, it is the therapy that I have always needed in my life. I'm not someone who tends to meditate, but I would say that plant care is my source of meditation. So I find myself zoning in on these plants versus zoning out to the outside world and all of the things that can cause headache and stress and all of those things that we constantly have right in front of us when we're swiping through on our phones or scrolling through emails and things of that nature. When you're caring for a plant, when you're caring for this living thing, you are seeing the effort that you're putting into that particular living thing come to life, unfurl, beautiful new growth. All of the things that you have decided to give to that plant, it is now giving back to you.
0: Sometimes we need our process of reflection to be more concrete in our goals. We have to look back to look ahead. David Allen is one of the most prominent productivity experts out there and is the author of the best-selling book, Getting Things Done. In our interview, David talks about how to be more productive, and part of that requires reflection, whether that's reflecting on future goals for your business or the tasks that need to be done by the end of the day. Here's what David says about the power of this act. One is empty your head as best you can. Get pen and paper and just literally write down little things, big things the small things, personal things, business things. I need cat food. I need a vice president. Should we get Should we adopt? Get all that out of your head, right? And then take the next 30 minutes or so and go through each one of those and say, well, what's the next thing I would need to do on that? What's my next action I ought to take to find out if we should adopt or not? And then write all those down somewhere. And then on some regular basis, at least by the end of the week, have some sort of reflection process where you step back
2: and take a look at the contents of your commitments and all that stuff.
0: Having a moment of reflection during the day sounds nice in theory, but most of the time I find myself checking email, responding to text, or going on social media instead of taking that nice quiet moment to reflect. However, after talking to Cal Newport, a computer science professor at Georgetown and best-selling author, I saw how beneficial a screen break can be. Cal shows us there is so much value in taking a break from all the digital noise we distract ourselves with. Here's what he has to say about reflection.
2: I like this idea. I call it a digital declutter. You actually take a break from all of this stuff. During that time, reflect and experiment. What do I actually care about? What do I actually want to do? And then try to rebuild, repopulate that, that closet from scratch. What do I really want to bring back? And what are my rules for doing it? You're probably going to have to do this a bunch up front. It's hard to get right at first. But do that first declutter. And in your personal life, you're going to feel a huge
5: difference.
0: I know one big hurdle for me when practicing reflection and being mindful is all of the mental chatter. I'm always trying to be present, but the thoughts creep back in. I hate that I'm constantly thinking about everything on my to-do list instead of reflecting on the good things that happened that day. Mental chatter can feel very overwhelming and can stand in the way of slowing down and practicing gratitude. My talk with Ethan Cross, renowned experimental psychologist and neuroscientist, dives into how we can harness that chatterbox in our brains to help us overthink less. Let's see what Ethan has to say about chatter and how to use it to our advantage.
6: We all have a voice
2: in our head, and I like to think about this voice as it's a kind of Swiss army knife of the human mind that, that actually does a lot of good for us. And I think this is an important point to emphasize because a lot of people that I speak with, the first thing they say to me is, oh, please tell me how to silence that voice, shut it up, get rid of it. And, and that's actually not what we want to do. I think we want to harness it. And so here's why. When I use this term like the voice in your head or the inner voice, what that refers to is our ability to silently use language to reflect in our lives. So if you can talk out loud, you can talk to yourself. And it turns out that language is a really powerful tool.
0: Especially in our world today, it can feel hard to be grateful when it looks as though everything is falling apart. If you are struggling right now because it seems like there's not a lot to be thankful for, you're not alone. I'm here to tell you that it's all about showing up and noticing the small things because that's where you see the biggest change. All right, you guys, that's our show for today. Are you feeling a little bit more mindful and grateful and reflective? I sure hope so. May we all take these tips into the holiday season and beyond. I hope you enjoy your holidays. Spend a lot of times with friends, but mostly spend time with yourself. Thanks for listening, you guys. I'm so grateful for you. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co., I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Britt.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Britt or follow us at Britt and Co. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Allie Ives and Allie Perry with additional production and sound design by Mark Jay-Z and Aaron Peterson.